What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Greeting Call podcast. This is episode three of our Breaking Chains series. I'm the host, Jack Denny. I'm here with co-host Ryan Chat and our guest today, Ethan Davis. Maybe we shouldn't say your last name. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ethan has played a big role in my life. Um, he's influenced a lot of the um, ways that I study, the ways that I facilitate our Bible study. Um, and so, Ethan, after turning me down for... So many times, I appreciate you finally jumping in, uh, talk on the podcast. So um, through this series, we're going to address the things that bind us down, and then we're going to combat that with what God says about us through Scripture, Um, hence the name Breaking Chains. So a lot of this series is about spiritual bondage. Um, And to recap episode one, uh, we addressed the lies of Satan, the agreements that uh, we make that are not in line with who God says we are. Um, episode two, we talked about generational, we called it generational ties, but we talked a lot about generational quote unquote curses, uh, traditions, habits, and the environments that shape us to be the way that we are. And, um, today we'll talk on addiction. Um, we're kind of going to talk on more of like substances. We're going to talk on, um, you know, how that binds us down, how it hinders our relationship with Christ. And so, uh, with that, Welcome, guys. And Ryan, as always, you want to kick us off in a word of prayer? Sure. All right. Lord, I thank you for bringing us here today. I pray that you um, give us the words to speak. I pray that you you help us to reach others and even reach our own hearts, Lord. I pray that you, um, you know, we thank you for giving us this opportunity and, and bringing us all here safely. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So addiction is a very broad topic. Um and there's many rabbit holes that we can go down. Uh, we could probably talk on a, a whole entire series on this, but we're primarily going to be talking about like physical addictions today, drugs, pills, alcohol, the things that lead us to substance dependence. Um, and then we're going to address the bondage that that creates in our lives. And so where do you guys think uh, addiction begins? Like what are, what are some obvious different ways that we're introduced to it? Ryan, you want to... I, I think one big thing in today's society is the influence that the media and not so-called friends have on our view of these substances. Um, you know, you've got the peer pressure, which is obvious, you know, friends in high school or college, things of that nature. But I think just the world as a whole, the way that, um, that substances um, are portrayed there's there's not as much severity to it. It yeah. kind of dumbs down the the seriousness of what these things can do to your life. And I think that plays a massive role in why people at such a young age get involved into, you know, excessive consumption of alcohol and drugs and different things like that because I think it's just dumbed down. Yeah. Really is that that's probably the biggest point in my mind is that it's just not taken as serious. Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, I think back to, you know, we think about high school, like I think for just drinking alone, like that's specifically something that's idolized. It's like, oh, if you can go out and drink and party, like then you're, you're one of the cool kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and so it's, you know, it's flip flopped where it's like, you know, parents are so hard on their kids. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Well, they know the repercussions. And, and, you know, high school, maybe it's just a couple beers here and there, whatever, at a high school party where there's parents. But like, 
you think about what that leads to in college. Like you, you create this identity of like, oh, he's the life of the party. He's this guy that's just going to go and, you know, he's going to do a backflip off this and that, whatever it is. And that leads into college and it leads into after college and ultimately leads to a, a rabbit hole of, well, place of bondage per se. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's just drinking alone. But I think, you know, there's, there's a tons of other ways that we're introduced. Um, that's the obvious one is drinking. Um, yeah. Let's talk on, I mean, I think marijuana is the same way. Um, a little more difficult, I feel like, to probably get into. Um, I don't know. I was introduced in high school. Ryan, high school, Ethan? Yeah, I mean, really, in high school, I had a lot of friends that, you know, that smoked. Um, wasn't really my thing because I was trying to, you know, play, you know, college sports and all that stuff. And Pastor's kid. So. Yeah, I was pastor's okay. kid, so I was trying to you know, keep it under the radar best I could. And then when, you know, college came around, um, you know, that, that stuff was, was definitely a lot more available at that point in time. Um, it was never really a massive struggle for me. Um, it, it wasn't really my, my thing. My thing was drinking, you know, like I wanted to be the life of the party, you know, like you, you kind of, you get that rep or that, you know, people look at you as that guy like he's like for me it was always he's going to be the guy that shows up yeah you know like if there's a party you can count that that i was going to be there and you know you kind of tie that to your identity like you said jack and you know before you know it it's not just you know always the life of the party like now this thing's part of me right you know yeah you have to live up to that yeah it's like a what do you think ethan on drinking uh, on the drinking side, so I'm unique. Like I grew up real, real sheltered, really. Um, so like alcohol wasn't ever brought out in our family. I was Christian school kid, never had any desire for it. Um, I see a lot of kids now that think they get like a party face. And so like when I turned 21, I was like, okay, I got to make up for some lost time. Right. You know, at that point I had been kicked out of the house and all that. And then I tried it once and it was like game over. And that's the same with like the the pills for me in that season was like it took once. Um, so I was never really cautioned, kind of like what he's saying, like I wasn't ever cautioned on it. Nobody ever talked about it. Um, so I don't think it does any justice to like ignore the fact that alcohol is there, like especially for parents right now. Like it's there. Let's sit down and talk about it before we all go do it. Because uh, it takes once and you're you're wrapped up yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And pill specifically, do you want to elaborate on that as far as, I mean, just ways that we're introduced? I think like it's one thing to, you know, be influenced by the crowds, but I mean, a lot of people are prescribed. So, yeah, you know, I, I'd love to, I'm, I'm kind of passionate about that side of it because like pills for a lot of people is an accident, you know, like they break the, like for me, I broke my elbow. I was doing an awesome wheelie in Myrtle Beach with my shirt off and I landed and <laughs> tore my nipple off and broke my arm and all kinds of good stuff and like got my first painkiller and like for a lot of people it makes them sick or they don't like it or whatever for me it was like oh this is like living um yeah so like I think for for the majority of people that I know um that have been down this road um it happened by accident um, just getting prescribed something that you had no business taking without supervision kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was game over for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just, uh, in the 
bigger scheme of things, you think about just doc, doctors that we go to today, they're just, they'll prescribe whatever it is to yeah. you know, say, hey, here's your issue. I'm going to fix this. And they're not looking at it from a, a Christian approach of like, is this genuinely good for somebody? Like, do they need this to really help them heal? Because, um, I mean, I know for my mom, when she was going through all her cancer, she was pre- prescribed a ton of fentanyl. And she was one of the ones that like, she didn't like it. She, it made her sick, but it helped with the pain. But I mean, when she passed, my dad said he went in the closet and he was like, I could, I could pay my house off with, you know, the amount of pills that they prescribe you. And so it is kind of like disgusting to sit there and think that our doctors are out there just, you know, you tell them how you feel and they're like, okay, here's a note. Go, yeah, no doubt. Go like you can go to the doctor now and say you're nervous about flying and you can get Valium. And I've taken Valium before. That stuff's legit. Like, that's unacceptable. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. No. Um, and I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of talking about doctors and stuff. I think yeah. that's a whole nother issue. But the I guess the access of, of getting pills, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's easy to go find somebody that'll buy beer. Or at our age, it was like, if you looked, you know, a day over 21, you could walk into a store and buy beer. They didn't card you. Yeah. Um, especially around here. And I'm sure where you're from, Ryan, it was like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, how easy it is to get pills too. Like people overlook that. I think parents probably overlooked mm-hmm. that. Um, and it's not just pills. It's, it's any kind of st- substance that we're talking about that, um, can lead you to a place of addiction. And, um, so I think there's a lot of different, I would say roots of it. Um, how do we get to the root? Like where, where does that start? It obviously starts with getting hooked on something. Um, but, what are some of the lies that we listen to um, while we're continuing in that addiction? I mean, what do you guys think? Is it, I mean, I know it could be easy, you know, easy to say, all right, well, I can easily hide this or I need this. I mean, what do you guys think? I think the biggest one for me was just the thought process that I've got this. You know, I'm not everybody else. I'm not weak. You know, like I can handle this, you know, I know when to say, you know, I know when to stop, you know, I know when to cut it off. And those are all lies that I told myself for a long time. You know, like I kept telling myself that, you know, I mean, you, you can handle it, you know, like you're, you're, you're not everybody else. And that was a really big flaw of mine was kind of the arrogance behind it Mm -hmm. that, you know, and the pride that, that I didn't want to set aside and say, okay, maybe maybe I don't have it all figured out and maybe I can't handle X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, um, so that that's a really big lie that I struggled with was, you know, was that I could handle everything myself. Um, and I think another one too is that, you know, the, the thought process that you deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've earned the right to do what I want to do. You know, like I've got a good job. I've got a good occupation. My life's not falling apart. So I'm allowed to do this every now and then. Right. I'm allowed to do whatever. Um, and those are just a couple of them. There's hundreds of lies that we tell ourselves every day or that the, the devil kind of whispers in our ear. But those yeah. were two big ones for me. Yeah, I think just for me in regard to drinking was, um, you know, it's it's not that bad. That mm-hmm. lie of like, you know, I was drinking every night in college and um, I didn't see it as an addiction. I just saw it as like this is a part of – you know, college, like this is what we're supposed to be doing. You, you get done with class and 
you just start drinking on the porch, hanging out and cook, you know, cook a steak dinner or whatever. And, you know, it's not that bad. Like it's not a problem. Um, and for me that led to a place of where I was just, uh, completely broken, um, lost a best friend during that time. And, um, I was using that as, um, medicine and, and just saying, well, this is, you know, a reason that I can, another reason that I can drink. And so not only was it, you know, it's not that bad or it's not an issue. It was that, um, you know, this is a place I can go and hide. Like this is a place I can find comfort in and, and everything's okay. And, and two, nobody has to know cause I'm in college yeah. and the guys of them around, I mean, you, kn- you knew all of them. Like we, we partied together oh, yeah. and you know, it was just what we did. Um, so I think that's a huge lie is that, you know, coming up with, uh, excuses, uh, based on your circumstances. Yeah. Um, and then looking around and going, well, everyone else does it. So it's not a me problem really. Yeah. Um, I think for me too, was like, it, it's all of those things. I've had all of those thoughts. And then also like mine didn't affect any, well, so I thought mine didn't affect anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like this has nothing to do with anybody when that's just a hundred percent not true. Yeah. Like also like it broke communion with God yeah. and that's the big effect that it had that I didn't realize. Mm. But like, as long as I could hide it, like it was good. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially just speaking to younger men, I think as men get older and they, you know, you start having families, it gets tougher to hide some of those things. But I mean, at that age of 21 to 25, 26, like, when you're out of college or even in college and, you know, your family's not around, you don't really have good friends. You may have, you know, a few friends that you've met at college. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have that accountability um, unless you're truly plugged into a, a good community. Um, you don't have the community around around you, the accountability saying, hey, Jack, you know, I've noticed this in you. you you've got to, you know, what's going on? Um, there was no vulnerability with older men in my life. No, um, even my dad, I just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't share things with them. It wasn't like I was trying to keep it from, but I just, I just wouldn't be open. Um, that an addiction itself, like anytime in, in any of these Bible studies or anything that you and I are doing, like when you see a guy that pulls away from the community that he has, um, or their family or whatever, like addiction itself causes that separation. Yeah. Your natural instinct is to get to go away and hide. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and I think, I mean, personally, I've always been the kind to like sneak around my parents back and like <laughs> not do, you know, I'd find ways to like be in trouble, but not get caught in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, he was more of the obvious one. Like he'd, he'd come home and have a case of beer in the back seat, and I'm like, "Dude, you're 16 years old. Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> but for me, I could easily hide it. And yeah. um, I think just men in general were very sneaky. Um, and I think that addiction um, to to whatever it is, like that's the one thing that you can cling to. And like you said, Ethan, like it, it completely creates this bondage with a relationship with Christ because. If you're not being honest with yourself, how are you going to be honest with the one who loves you so much that he sent his son to die for us on the cross? Like, you're not going to do that. You're going to hold it over here in the corner and bottle it up and say, you know, I'm like, God doesn't, God's not seeing this, but 
Who are you fooling? Really? I think it's so easy to, to, to blend in with the crowd. You know, like we talk about, you know, the college days, because I, I think that's really where most of the core of people's addictions start is kind of in that phase, the phase where you're into adulthood, but you're, you're kind of in that limbo position where it's still okay to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't have to, but you still have some adult responsibilities. And, you know, a perfect example is, you know, obviously, you know, I think all of us here at one point loved the the bar scene and the party life and all that kind of stuff. But growing out of that and then being put back in that environment, a perfect example is a wedding that I went to last year, the year before down in Wilmington. And everybody afterwards wanted to go to a bar downtown. And me and my wife were like, all right, you know, these are our friends. You know, we're going to go, you know, just to hang out with everybody or whatever. I mean, it wasn't five minutes that I was in this place that I was itching to leave. Because, yeah. like, you look at all these people that are just so lost. Like, you can just see it. And before, you didn't see it. You know, when you were in it, all you saw was a good time. Because you were in a daze just like everybody else. But you go in there and you just, like, it just hurts my soul, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you walk in and you're just like, man, like, how can so many people be so lost? Yeah. You I know. think to kind of take a couple steps back on that, though, before you get to that point, for me, it was, you know, still continuing in the bar scene, the party, party scene and stuff. But like also at a point in my life where I was like I had been saved and I was like trying to pursue this relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was leading a Bible study one night, but living, you know, out on the town the next night. And I think a lot of guys, like, they're like, I don't know what stepping stones to take to get out of this. And um, for me, like, that continued when I moved back home even. And um, I think the the scariest part is like, okay, I know I'm going to have to remove myself from these people I'm around. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the the first thing they're going to say about me is like, whoa, what a loser. Like, you're not going to come out Friday night or you're not going to go do this and that. And like you start ripping away that old old identity or the old band-aids. Um, and I think that's a struggle for a lot of people before you get to the point that you mentioned. Like, yeah. I completely agree. It's um, I, I was in the same position a few months ago at a wedding and it, it just feels, yeah, you feel miserable. Um, yeah. But I don't know, Ethan, what do you think on that, on that phase of like stepping out of, of addiction and kind of during that time period i mean yeah um honestly like just to put some scripture on it like galatians 5 says for freedom you've been set free now stand firm Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like what you're talking about is is like when you realize like all right god set me free Mm -hmm. like i'm no longer a slave now go stand firm like praise god praise god y'all feel that i was never in the bar scene so like I hate bars. Yeah. I, you won't catch me in a bar. I hate dark and bright lights, kind of like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's that's awesome. That's yeah. great stuff. And to that point, I mean, I think first P, or yeah, first Peter five eight says, "Be alert and oh, yeah. sober mind, for the devil mm-hmm. prowls around like a roaring lion, looking to uh, looking to kill and devour something yeah. like that." Um, and I think to that point is. A lot of people take that as like, oh, no drinking, but like having a sober mind is a lot more than just not taking substances. It's a, like 
setting your mind on the spirit, not things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's crucial for that, like first steps, kind of stepping out of out of addiction. Um, and I guess we're kind of walking in conversation towards that point. I mean, what do you guys think? Somebody who's been chained, I mean, and this, I don't want anyone listening to be like, okay, here's a 10 step process to like free me from addiction. Like that's, we're not therapists or like, (laughs) we're not licensed to like give this kind of guidance, but like in, in y'all's minds based on scripture, um, where does that, you know, breaking free of that bondage really start? How do, how do we overcome that? I would say one big thing is, is starting out from the beginning is being intentional with everything that you do. Um, being intentional about where you go, who you surround yourself with, and what you're feeding yourself, not physically, but spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think intentionality is something that's that's really missed. Like, you know, you talk about, you know, the 10-step processes to, to getting out of addiction and all that stuff. I think before you can start any of that, like you have to start with purpose um, and you have to start with intention on where you're trying to go and how you're going to get there. And you have to do all that while walking alongside Christ um, because it's it's very easy to go in with a three or five or 10 step plan, whatever your plan is. And to very quickly lose sight of why you're there and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, And so I think intentionality is, in my opinion, other than Christ being by your side, I think intentionality is probably one of the most important things Mm -hmm. is, is just being completely aware and conscious about what you're doing and how you're going about it. No doubt. Um, And to take that a little bit further is like scripture memory. Like if if you hide this, if you genuinely hide this book in your heart, like that is a game changer. Like if I'm about to do something dumb or drink too much or whatever, I have 15 Bible verses um, and not out of commands, but like Romans 2 says his kindness leads us to repentance, right? But out of God's kindness, I have 15 Bible verses that are popping around in my head going, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because God has something better. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, like scripture like actually being intentional, like he said, and committing that to memory, not just picking it up and reading it, um, but tucking it away was probably the number one thing. And then number two would be like being intentional with community because that's hard. Like me and Jack will sit down. We were doing it pretty frequently there where we would tell each other each other's hearts. Like this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. Like those kind of relationships, you don't get away with going back down that road you can't because somebody's right there to go hey dude what are you doing mm-hmm. yeah i love that thought of a well one the memorizing scripture um when that's running through your head i mean think about the songs i think we've talked about it before but like random songs pop in our head all the time and that's because we listen to whatever music is playing on the radio well same thing with scripture um when we're we see temptation staring in our face, you know, what's the one thing that's going to pop into our mind? You know, if you're feeding your mind with all these worldly things, then you're going to fall right into that temptation rather than having that scripture at the forefront. Um, It kind of goes back to the discipline of waking up each day and first thing getting in the Bible um, 
JD, Pastor JD said it this weekend, like Bible before breakfast is like a, you know, a good way to put it. And, you know, what are you back to what Ryan said, feeding yourself spiritually? Um, that that's the first thing I think everybody needs to address. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. And then to the accountability, um, that's been crucial. Um, not for, I would say not necessarily for, um, like me growing my relationship with Christ, but more of, uh, my focus on like, on doing that. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like having somebody know, okay, Jack's going to text me today or he's going to, you know, call and share this and, and that. And it's been Mark, uh, for me, it's like every day, he's just a, a guy that I'll pick up the phone and, and call and talk to or text first thing in the morning. And like having that expectation of somebody being there, um, you know, they're going to check on you if you're, if you're not texting them, not talking to them throughout the day. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I fell short. I, you know, I, I, I've been off and then you can have that chance to explain where you're at. I think same with addiction. Um, when you're able to be vulnerable about it, what you're struggling with, um, you know, somebody's going to be there and they're not always there to sit there and, and go, Hey, did you do this today? You do that. You know, it's, it's somebody who genuinely cares about you and wants you to be the best person you can be. Um, simple as that. And so, yeah, I guess getting back, we're kind of going all over the place, but, um, back to scripture, Ethan, as you mentioned, um, you brought up today earlier, we were talking, um, James chapter one verses, I'm going to read 13 through 15. And it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, and then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And hit on that. I mean, just the process of temptation. Yeah. Where does that lead us in this conversation of addiction? Yeah. Um, read, read that one verse one more time. The last one? Yeah. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Yeah, it gives like the perfect steps to everybody's sin. Mm -hmm. Not even just addiction, um, but all the dumb things you do. You're lured away, like Jack said in First Peter, like the devil roams around like a prowling lion, right? Yeah. And so the devil wants to do those things to you. He wants to lure you away. All right, so you're lured away, you're enticed. Uh, because we're all morons. I think Romans 3 <laughs> says no one does good, no one seeks God. Like, w we're all going to do it. Yeah. Um, and then once we're enticed, uh, desire, so you have a desire to do something, that desire gives birth to the sin, the very thing that you probably don't want to do, yeah. or actually it might feel good, you might want to do it. Um, and then once that conceives, it gives birth to death. Yeah. Like, that's a per like, you don't even have to explain it. Yeah. And then you're dead. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think people take the death part of it that seriously. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't see it. They, they see it as like, oh, it brings forth death. Like, whatever. It's kind of like just, you know, the, I'm going to use God's grace in this instance and everything will be fine. You know, he, he'll forgive me. He'll, he'll love me. He'll give me a license to sin. And I love how Joby puts it. Like, forgiveness is not a license to sin. It's a license from sin. Like, we don't oh, have good. to be... In, enslaved to that sin anymore. 
Well, I think not even thinking of it, too, in the terms of death, death, but like you just think about like your spiritual death, you know, like the farther, you know, the the farther down the hole you go, um, you know, you talked about how it, you know, it it breaks covenant with God, you know, when we choose to do these things. Um, And the the reality is, is um, I don't know if you've ever heard the analogy um, and it's a verse as well, but, you know, salt and fresh water can't flow from the same stream. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fill yourself with all of these things of the world, you know, all the drugs, all the alcohol, all of the temptations. You can't make that, you know, um, the majority of, of your soul and your heart and everything that's inside of you and expect to feel like you're close with God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you just can't. You know, and that's not to say that in an instant, if you decided that, hey, like I'm done with all this and you, you know, you rededicated your life to Christ and you started making some changes that God wouldn't be right there because he's always there. But a lot of times those things, those distractions create so much noise that we can't even feel his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that's such a, it, it's like a spiritual death. It's such a bondage. Yeah, it's um, and I feel it all the time, like with certain things that I realize, like, I'm like, oh, Ethan, actually, before I say it, you said something to me the other day about the box, when you squeeze the box, like, what comes out of it, what, can you repeat that, like, just on, like, realizing where you're at with certain things, like, like, for me, I was about to say my, I can feel my anxiety, like, it's when I'm holding on to something, or, you know, holding something above the water that I don't want to let go of, and yeah cliche let go and like god but like what were you saying i I was just saying like when you're pressed when you're when you're squeezed think of like an orange what what comes out of you because i'm in a a season of life where that's kind of where i'm at is like not in a bad way but just a lot of things going on it's like is jesus coming out of me or is it like survival mode Mm. um so that's that's what we were talking about yeah and that just popped into my head because i think about um you know, the ways that I guess I hold things of more importance than God. I mean, addiction, that's what you're doing. When you're addicted to a substance, you're giving that the most importance. Um, Even if it's not, you know, not thinking of it as an idol, um, it's just got such a grip on you that you're not willing to let go. And that's the only thing that you're worried about. Like, all right, I'm going to get this to, to fill this void and then I'm going to go on with the rest of my day. I mean, can I give you a verse on that? that yeah. That when I realized kind of my state way back and started to commit to memory scripture and all that stuff, there was Philippians 3.19. Um, it says, it's talking about people that live as enemies to the cross, as Paul. And um, he said, their God is their belly and their end is destruction. And I'll like never forget that because I'm like, when you're doing that, what Jack's talking about, like your God is yourself. Your mm-hmm. God is what makes you satisfied in that one single moment. Like I love that picture of your God is your belly. Your God is your belly. Yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. It's hmm. a good one to stick stick with you too because you're like, what? Stick that on your <laughs> how dashboard. Did, how did Paul, yeah. Put that in your Instagram yeah. bio. <laughs> um, no, that is, that is good. But yeah, it's we make up you know, make ourselves as God or we make up our own gods as like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do the things in my life that I think are going to get me to this, 
this certain status or this place. And, um, a lot of times like it, it might not be substance addiction, but, um, you know, that leads me to thinking about the addiction of, you know, achieving status or money, um, you know, creating all these other idols, like you're just feeding yourself something that's not true of, of you and of how God made you. Um, and so we won't go off on that tangent either, but, um, I guess to, to reel it back in and we'll kind of close things up on this. Um, what do you guys think would be some marching orders, uh, for somebody who may be battling an addiction or battling, um, some kind of spiritual bondage based around substances? What do you guys kind of last take on it? I know it's very cliche, but obviously, you know, they say that the first thing is, is, and if you're listening to this and thinking about it, you're probably are acknowledging that, you know, that there's a problem in your life, you know, that there's a root problem that's causing, you know, maybe a um, chain reaction of events in your life. Um, You know, I, I think as far as starting out, it's, you know, number one, the intentionality, number two, you know, really thinking about the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the friends, the influences, you know, if you're in college, you know, we get a lot of young people that listen to this podcast. You know, if you're a high school student or you're in college or you're in that age bracket, um, you're likely roommates with certain people or you have a, a very close-knit group of people that you surround yourself with. Um, my dad always told me this is if you sleep with dogs, you'll get fleas. You know, and that's not to say that all of your friends are terrible people, um, but you probably friends. all have the, <laughs> you probably all have the same issues. Yeah. You're just not all truthful with each other about it, and you can't expect to change the direction where you're where you're going um, by surrounding yourself with those same people who have the same struggles. Um, so first, it would be be intentional about your relationships. Um, even if that means, you know, friendships that have been there your entire life, sometimes you have to walk away from them. doesn't mean forever might be for a season, but, Mm -hmm. um, relationships with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, anything of that nature, it's hard, but sometimes you have to walk away and say, you know, it's time for a new season, a new chapter. Um, and you know. I, I can't start a new chapter if I'm in the same place. And I think even I was just thinking back someone to our last episode on, you know, family ties and this and that, mm-hmm. um, addressing like, just cause your family likes to drink and go out and party and do this and that, that doesn't make, make it okay for you to do, or, yeah. you know, a, a fig leaf for you to hide behind too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Holden had a point last episode, like your relationship with Christ is, uh, it's your decision on how you're going to approach that. Yeah. Um, and I, I love his take on it because, you know, your family can't make that decision for you. Um, the people around you can't make that decision for you. Like that's completely up to you to follow Jesus. Um, and God, as we said earlier, he's always going to be there for you. Um, but that's not an excuse to put it off, you know, another day. Um, but I think, too, a lot of people can look at the drinking and go, well, you know, my parents go out every weekend, do this and that. Like, there's a uh, there's a route to that, too. Um, 
Sorry, I just wanted to butt in on that. Well, I mean, there's a lot of truth to it. You know, we talk a lot about outside influences like peer pressure and friends, um, but we didn't mention much about the the inside influences. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked last week about generational curses and how if someone was raised in an alcoholic home or had an alcoholic father, the likelihood that they'll be an alcoholic is extremely high um, or higher than most. Um, but there's there's a lot of truth to that, that. I grew up with people and know people that, you know, their parents are in their 50s throwing bangers, whatever you want to call it, every weekend, (laughs) you know, and the 10-year-old kids are out there hanging out with all the drunk adults and everyone that's just having a good time. And then all of a sudden you're born, bred, and raised in that. But just because your family does it, just because the people that you love are doing it doesn't mean that, that it's okay. Yeah. You know, um, so that's something to consider as well. Yeah. And that that's a really hard one is is distancing yourself from family sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Ethan, what do you got? It's kinda Yeah. Um again back to the book of James. Um it says to confess to one another. Mm-hmm. Um so like and that's a practical, like if you're not a Christian that's still just as practical. Go tell somebody. Yeah. Like give somebody the green light to your life because you, you hate what you're doing, right? Or or you wouldn't feel broken up about it or I wouldn't feel broken up about it. So that's the very first thing is probably go tell somebody, mm-hmm. anybody, pick somebody. And once you do, you'll feel that weight. Um, yeah, you'll feel a weight come off your shoulders. And then, uh, and then the other thing, like on the flip side of that is, like I always remember Lamentations 3 says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his mercies are new every morning. Mm. And that's like, remember, like every single day God gives you the ability to have brand new mercy. Um, that's how good he is. So like you get to try again tomorrow. And that's a dope thing. Like to yeah. know like, yeah, you messed up today and you probably will mess up multiple times coming out of that. Um, but you get back up and you go again. Yeah. And I think back to um, like Romans 7, Paul just talking about like, mm-hmm. what a wretched man I am. Like he's basically saying he's stuck in this body that like is by nature like sinful flesh. Like we have to realize that, that like our bodies and this world we're in is not a perfect world. Um, and we're so quick to forget that and chase the flesh when really, um, you know, I think my my advice or two cents would be set your mind on things of the spirit. Um, and there's, you know, once you try to battle flesh and spirit in your mind, like that gets frustrating really quick to try and do. Um, it's just a lot easier to acknowledge the new morning mercies and, uh, set our minds on the spirit daily. Um, but it takes that like self realization. Um, it takes adding people into your life. Um, and, and getting out of that bondage, like break, <laughs> breaking those chains, like let's be cliche and talk, you know, yeah. call the title what it is. But yeah. there's so many things that bind us down and addiction doesn't have to be one of them. Um, it's not it's not who God calls you to be. Um, it's not your fullest potential and um, you're loved. I think that's kind of the, the root of it is that. Um, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Um, and people genuinely love you. Um, I think we're quick to forget that too, is there's, there's people out there that care about you. 
Um, so, yeah, and I, I think one one more point to make too that kind of came to mind is, and this this applies to people, not only people that are struggling with addictions, but people who are maybe struggling with their faith in general. Like, does God exist? Like, what do I really think about all this stuff? Is some something that I would say is is flood your life with Christ. Like, give him an opportunity to change your life and give him a fair shot, mm. you know? Because I think a lot of times we don't, you know? Like, a lot of people who are struggling with, you know, you know, am I a Christian or does God exist or what do I really think about all this is we're always one foot in, one foot out. We rarely ever just go ahead and hop on the other side of the fence. Mm. You know, we're trying to build a relationship with Christ and kind of feel things out and see how it goes. Wow. The other half of our life is still consumed by the world and sin. Um, and what I mean by flooding your life with Christ is literally look at your life and look at every room, every closet, every nook and cranny and say, God, I'm going to give you not 99.9%. I'm going to give you 100% of my life and just give him a shot, you know, and that goes down to the music that you're listening to, you know, where you're going on Saturday night, the words that you're saying, you know, the the influences that you're listening to, the, I mean, the whole nine yards, because sometimes something as simple as a certain song playing can be the one thing that that causes you to slip and fall. And it's crazy to think about, you know, but I'm the type of person, you know, like when I think about my relationship with Christ and spirituality, I guess is the word I would use. Um, I feel like there's so many ties behind all of these things that we do every day. For example, I use music because it's a big one. You know, Lucifer was... At one point, you know, the angel above all of the, the, the music, whatever you want to call it, up in heaven, you know, he had a voice like no other. If you, if you read in the beginning of the Bible when it talks about Lucifer and his fall, um, who, who's to say and who's to think that he doesn't have just as much influence with the music that's out here today? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's just little things, all the little nooks and crannies, just flood your life with Christ. Give yeah. him 100% and just see what he does. Yeah. And I promise you, if you do that, you will feel a significant reduction in the temptations. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I, I promise you that you will see a change in, in your heart and in your life if you if you just give him a fair shot, not just half of it. So, Ethan? That's good, man. I love it. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode. Um, we, next episode we're going to talk on um, we're going to talk a little bit on lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes um, going back to that verse in 1st John um, and yeah we're looking looking forward to hashing that out Ethan um, thank you for joining us thanks for um, having me bro and I've enjoyed it Ryan your presence is just kind of yeah, <laughs> I'm used to it now <laughs> <laughs> the Just newness kidding. is worn off. <laughs> <laughs> newness is worn off. Yeah. I get to see you once a month now. So that's yeah. good. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, Merry Christmas to all you guys. Um, this episode will release uh, the week of Christmas. And so I um, hope you guys just spend that time with your families. Um, 
use that as an opportunity to share the gospel, um, even just step up and pray for the meal at, at Christmas dinner, um, small things like that. And, um, yeah, we appreciate y'all tuning in as always email us, reach out, DM, uh, whatever. If you have questions or uh, need prayer, anything along those lines. And, um, again, we don't claim to know it all. We're just talking here on our life experiences, um, and just letting the Holy Spirit say what it wants to say through us. So, um, we pray for that and, um, we just thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you on the next one. Bye.